what I'm saying is that there's that there's that part that talks about receiving a prophet, um, you know, t- to honor a prophet so that we receive the prophet's reward. So much of that is wh- whether your heart is ready to receive. So I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, would you open up our hearts to Doug right now, to you speaking through Doug. And uh, God, we're living in an unprecedented time. And, and God, we honor Doug. We love Doug. Father, we love who he is and who you've created. And we honor him as a prophet who does hear from you, who has your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you welcome Doug Addison? Wow, do you think I was running for office or something? (laughs) Prophetic office, that is. Wow, thank you so much. Uh, My wife, Linda, couldn't be here because I messed up, by the way, on the schedule and stuff. Uh, But she's back in Los Angeles that we call home. Uh, But we actually met and married in San Mateo, California. And so we are longtime uh, Bay Area people. I lived in the Bay Area for over 18 years uh, started a business that, that launched our ministry over and over and over. Uh, and um, we also have a part of planting churches and stuff like that all over the place, just so you know. Our ministry is in Light Connection. I've been running around for a number of years uh, training people on how to hear the voice of God, how to experience the supernatural and find your destiny. That's the basic three things that I do all at once. And yes, I'm in a transformation time right now, and um, I, part of my staff is here, Julia, Andy, and Domaly, uh, who's on staff with us. Raise your, you can, uh, raise your hand there. And lots of partners and friends uh, that I really love you guys. I love the Bay Area. Uh, it's a little cold for me uh, here. Yeah, wow. Going through some stuff right now, but God's winning. Last I checked, the score. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter who got elected. Doesn't matter what's going on. God's still winning. He's still got a plan. He still has a, a great things, amazing things that he's going to release right now. And um, before I get, you know, because I end up revving off into the spirit somewhere. I don't even know what I'm going to do. But before I do that, I got some uh, fun books here. A lot we produced a lot new thing, a lot of new things uh, over the last two years. And uh, in the midst of my affliction, I, I bought an affliction shirt. Anyone have an affliction shirt? <laughs> Get rid of it because it got on me or something. I got in. I've been dealing with an affliction in my body uh, for a while now, but it's going. Uh, it's going to go, it's already, I mean, I've I've gotten healed of amazing things, still got a little bit more, that's why I'm over there with a little blanket and space heater on, and, um, but anyway, uh, in the midst of all that, most people wouldn't even know that I've only traveled like four times this year, normally I was, you know, up until recently, I was uh, on the road 150 days a year for 10 years, just out doing it, not trying to impress you, just saying I was tired, I drank a lot of caffeine, and, um, you're allowed to when you're doing that. For, you know, for every time zone that you're not in yourself, you're allowed one shot of espresso. <laughs> Extra. 
Yeah, boy, had to uh, get a calculator for that one for some people. Yeah. So anyway, uh, God's really blessed us. I'm about to release a new book I'm going to talk about tonight. It's called The 2017 Prophetic Forecast. And I'm going to release the forecast tonight. Um, but uh, I, two years ago, actually, let me just tell you, in, in uh, 2015, I had an angelic encounter uh, in the mid-morning, I, early morning hours. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I had this uh, angelic encounter, and an angel came in my room and handed me a shepherd's rod, a, sh- a shepherd's staff. And it was a shepherd's rod, and I knew what it was. Uh, and I knew that um, um, the late Bob Jones, Prophet Bob Jones, who was an extremely good friend of mine, and I, we lived in North Carolina for a while. I got to travel and min- uh, minister with Bob and Bonnie for a number of years and mentor with Bob, go over to his house and Uh, Go have experiences and all that. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just trying to let you know about my DNA and to give honor to Bob. But I was handed a shepherd's uh, rod, and Bob released a shepherd's rod book every year. And it was like a prophetic forecast. I'm not saying I got Bob's mantle because I didn't get Bob's mantle, believe me. Uh, Everyone that knew Bob knew his his mantle of prophetic went back to Africa when he died. And, uh, and it was an intense, very intense calling and ministry that he had. I remember the first time 10 years ago, I was just sitting today telling the story 10 years ago when I sat between him and Rick Joyner for the first time, feeling very inferior, uh, and thinking to myself, I wonder if he knows what I'm saying or thinking right now. And Bob said, turned to me and said, would you quit worrying about me knowing what you're thinking? Okay, then. <laughs> I'm not at that level. But uh, something happened a few years ago, and I have been, uh, I was ordained by the Lord. I was commissioned by the Lord in 2010 as a prophet. I've been prophesying for a long time, but something shifted in 2010 over me. I went on strike prior to that as a prophet. I went on strike right away. I get, you know, I get commissioned as a prophet, and I go on strike. I was, how good is that? Because I got tired of giving and seeing prophetic words being given over people and they never come to pass. Right? It's called hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs uh, uh, something. Uh, Or rather, 1312 or something. But it's hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so I said to the Lord, I don't want to prophesy anymore until you start, we start seeing the goods, you know. And I said, I want names, I want dates, I want times and seasons. Because those are easier. To me, a time and season, I mean, that type of prophecy works better. Because I've been given 5,000 or more prophetic words for a long time. I mean, a year. I give over 5,000 prophetic words a year. And so I was seeing that these futuristic prophetic words were good at everything. But what's better is something that you can actually apply right now. Like the time and the season. Like the Lord says right now, today in the shower, he said, this is due time because time is overdue. Galatians 6, 7, he said to me today, he said, uh, because I was saying to him, hey, well, you know, I'm going to get up here again and do this thing about San Francisco again. And, we, you know, last I checked, Lord, we really haven't seen it happen. 
I'm going to get up and say it again, like we're going to try to start an old motor motorcycle up here, you know, every year. I'm coming in, yeah, it's going to happen, I tell you. Uh-huh, nothing happens. Well, things do happen, but we don't see it. So I, I said to the Lord, you know, and I'll stand up because I know it's the Lord. I don't care. I'll keep coming back and coming back and saying it and saying it until it gets going. But the Lord said today, I said, you know, we would really like to see something. And he said this to me. I, I wasn't even thinking of Galatians 6, 7, which says that uh, don't be fooled. The Lord cannot be mocked that a man uh, or a woman will reap what they sow. If you sow in the flesh, you'll reap in the flesh. If you sow in the spirit, you'll reap eternal life. And he said to me, I will not be mocked. I will not be mocked. And you, those of us in the church right now who have sown in the flesh, slash political, slash going crazy on social media, slash looking really strange out there like we lost the love of Jesus somewhere. Those who sow in the flesh are going to reap in the flesh. That's why they're worrying. They're under worry. They're under fear. and They're under torment. If you sow in the flesh, then you start, to, you, you start to reap the fleshly things of the spirit of torment, which is fear. And so, but if you sow in the spirit, you will reap the spirit. I just want to encourage you. There's, you wouldn't be here in this meeting if you haven't sown in the spirit. That God's not going to be mocked and the time is due right now. I'm just saying. All right. Gosh, I mean, that was like, I don't even know where that came from. That was too serious for me. That was a shower word that I don't usually put on the daily prophetics. <laughs> I get those really deep correctional words in the shower. Anyway, uh, so... Um, I've been, I started uh, releasing because I'm more moved into times and seasons as opposed to a personal prophetic pro prophecy, as which I did for a number of years. Uh, not that I don't do personal prophetic prophecy anymore, but I found it's more effective to shift the heavens over groups and cities and nations. And that's what I do now. Uh, so if you came expecting a prophetic word, I might, I might disappoint you. Uh, but if you came actually wanting to encounter the Lord, you're at the right place. Because the presence of God is, is shifting right now. And, um, and so last year, I wrote, after I got the, uh, the shepherd's rod, or I got the, that thing, I wrote the 2016 prophetic forecast last year. And why I'm, we're still offering this is because it's got the seven-year strategy, the seven-year prophetic strategy in it, plus a prayer guide on how to declare these things. Anyone read the, the, the prophetic forecast? All right. Can someone help me give these things away? Go ahead. You've got to choose your gift. Domily, she works for us. She's prophetic. And uh, use your gift. <laughs> Here's my, uh, my old standby I've had for a while now. I understand your dreams now. Spiritual dream interpretation. Uh, I've interpreted well over 30,000, maybe even 40,000 dreams at this point. And this has got a little dream dictionary in the back. It's my, it's actually what the Lord gave me on how to get to a dream very fast. Very fast. I know. You need it, don't you? I know you do. Come on. You already have this, don't you? You don't have it? <laughs> I signed it uh, for you, so it's under um, to eBay high, highest bidder. 
One of the anointings I have is for business, and for I, don't, I believe that we need to get into kingdom finances because God is moving outside the church. And in order to move outside the church, we don't have the finances that many religious people or Christians, once you start doing something outside the box, you become a new wineskin. You better start selling some wine on the side to pay for your, you know, your ministry. So I wrote a book, How to Flip Your Financial Future. I know who who needs to work on who needs to work online, and your name starts with with uh, with Joan. Your name is Joan. John, no Joan. Joan, is that you? Joan, Joan. That you feel like you need to work? work yeah, I felt it was someone here. Yeah, is that you? Oh, come on down here. Here, here. you can. Uh, this has all kinds of things in it about uh, what the Bible says about finances and how to work online and how we run our ministry in like connection. We are now 90% virtual and how God uses the, the internet. It's an amazing thing. I became an internet prophet. And uh, so anyway, but we're a nonprofit still. Don't worry. Uh, it's, I wrote a new book this year. Uh, how to activate your prophetic word. God spoke, now what? How to activate your prophetic word. How to get a prophetic word. I know, come on down, yes. I saw those armpits going down. How to activate your prophetic word. Doing something practical will activate it. I wrote my first book uh, in, in three weeks, the manuscript. Uh, I don't recommend it uh, unless you have a chiropractor. I wrote my second book in 30 days. Now, I did all the research and did all that, but I actually produced, uh, wrote the manuscripts and got them all out. And then, uh, so I wrote another book called Write a Book Quickly. But this is the updated version that we just released uh, this past year about how to, um, to produce your book on Kindle, how to get an ISBN number, whether to self-publish, whether, you know what, this is our, our best-selling book, the only best-selling book that I have that doesn't even have the name Jesus in it. Do you believe that? Hey, uh, because I believe that people need to write books and get your story out there. Right, right. I believe that. And over here, someone's got to have a story. Yes, sir, sir, sir. Yes, you've got a story that needs to get out there. It's the easiest time to write books right now. Get your story. I also have a course on it called Write Your Book, uh, write your book Now. This is Write a Book Quickly. There you go, buddy. And I uh, got a course on how, write, a book, write Your Book Now, which gives you everything you need. Templates, Word documents, videos. I go through the videos to show you how to upload it on a Kindle. Everything right there. To, and it's on my website. By the way, we have those at half price. Let me do all this stuff before... Um, you know, I don't want the anointing to lift later. Um, the 2017 for, uh, prophetic forecast, this actually, it's not, it's, it's arriving when? Is it arriving? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday. We don't have any with us, but if you go to my website, DougAddison.com, place an order now, and we'll actually give you, we're giving you something, aren't we? The, 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 the book and the first few chapters? Yeah, if you go to my website right now and pre-order this. No, I'm not. This is my copy. <laughs> this is the only one that's available. It's, this is my proof copy that, that um, I think uh, CreateSpace sent me. But it's going to be delivered this week. But if you go to my website, pre-order it, you'll get the book. Plus, we'll give you the first four chapters electronic right now so you can start reading it. First three chapters, thank you. 
The prophetic forecast, I'm going to be talking about it tonight, and that is uh, the, the prophetic words the Lord have given me over the last year or more, and then we're going to release something over the San Francisco Bay Area, which is going to be a lot of fun. Before I forget, um, you can take my stuff online. I've got the Dream Crash Course, uh, and they're all half price tonight. The Dream Crash Course, if you want to learn how to interpret tattoos, hey, you know, you want to do outreach with us? We interpret tattoos, we interpret armpits, we don't care, because uh, sometimes tattoos are in armpits. I've got a course called the Prophetic Tattoo and Piercing Interpretation online, that's half price tonight. Write your book now is half price, plus my new uh, online school called Hearing the Voice of God 365. Now that's not half price, but you can sign, go to Hearing God 365 and take the 14 day free trial. And if you do that then you might be able to be on one of the phone calls with me um, next month. Uh, and I do a phone call with the school. It's an electronic school. It's only $37 a month. I mean, who in the world charges 37 a month? Anyway, uh, I do. I guess, I, I guess I'm kind of crazy. Uh, but the Lord told me to make it, make it good. Do I have any of the students here? All right. You're excited, aren't you? Yes, I'm very excited. You can go month to month or you can um, fast forward through the whole thing. It's 12 sessions on all the aspects of hearing God that I know as a seer. As a, as a, uh, as, and it's not written for prophets. It's written for your particular gift and how to develop the ability to hear the Lord in a deeper way. All right. Hey, enough of the commercials. Um, yeah. Wow. How many people get the daily prophetic? Anybody? You know what, the Daily Prophetic now is going all over the world, and I was even in LAX, I, don't, I go anywhere now, I was in LAX uh, airport, and someone says, there's the Daily Prophetic guy. <laughs> Most people think I'm Rod Stewart, <laughs> but no, I'm the Daily Prophetic guy. I started recent, uh, releasing daily prophetic words, I think, I don't know how long ago, I forgot, but it's been a while. Uh, but I even uh, get surprised if I tell you that. Uh, I get them ahead of time, I don't think about it, I just get them, my team gets them up on the internet for me, and, um, and I'm just as surprised as anybody. But you can go to DougAddison.com or hashtag Daily Prophetic on Twitter and Facebook, um, but you can get it delivered to your email address. I was looking for today's. Um, today's daily prophetic. Anyone have it? It was good. It, oh, here it is. Today's daily prophetic word, a new gate is going to open in the spirit as God is releasing a backlog of revelation and blessings. A new gate is opening in the spirit with a backlog of revelation and blessings. And that's what I got today. Boy, I got a backlog of revelation today. It's like I was constipated and suddenly it released. Wow. I just told you that God spoke to me in the bathroom. And um, yeah, so that's a gate. Let it flow. Let it flow. Wow. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you uh, was concerned about my weight loss program that I'm on. I've lost 30 pounds. Uh, but guess what? I've just gained back nine pounds in three weeks. How good is that? Thank you, Lord. I'm the only guy trying to gain weight in the room. 
Do you have this in extra small? I can't find any clothes. No one's small anymore, apparently. It's really hard. Go to the boys' section. Wow. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Wow, let the gate open right now. Something's going on in the spiritual realm. We're going to open the gate tonight, a golden gate. The golden gate's going to open. Uh, it's not the golden corral. Uh-uh. This is not Oklahoma or anywhere, uh, thing like that. This, when I was speaking in Oklahoma, by the way, and um, they had an 8 o'clock service, and I says, oh, when's the second service? They go, no, no, sir, it's just one. We just want to get the golden corral before the Baptist. They really said that to me. But we couldn't because the tornado sirens went off. <laughs> anyway. That's why I live in California where it's a fault line. I mean, those, it, what are you guys, crazy? All right. So uh, last year, 2015, on Christmas, Christmas morning, excuse me, <clears throat> Christmas morning, 2015, I woke up to an encounter that actually shifted things and has not stopped since. And it's been increasing, increasing, increasing. I remember the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to speak to you on Christmas. And so I got up like a kid, you know, waiting for Christmas last year, 2015. And sure enough, I had vision all day, a vision on and off. And it was like, you know, it wasn't like I just sat there in a trance or something, you know, like, wah. Uh, I could got my, you know, I got my tea, I went out about my business, and I could just see it no matter what. I closed my eyes, I opened my eyes. It was going on, and it was an angel measuring. It was a measuring angel. And this angel was measuring and measuring, and I tried to say something to the angel, you know, even in the spirit. I wanted to ask it a question. wouldn't respond because its assignment was to measure something. And it was measuring for... A, uh, a building or, or a house or something big, and it reminded me of Ezekiel uh, 40 to 44. The measuring angel came and measured the temple. That's what it reminded me of. But in the encounter, I knew that this was a house that Bob Jones, the prophet who's now in heaven, uh, was always talking about the house. He'd say that he would call it the house. And that was the revival. He would say, God's going to build the house for the one billion soul harvest. And it would have need, we would need a house. He says, we're going to need a lot of wood, Bob. You know, Bob was from Arkansas. We're going to need a lot of wood. Yeah, there's a billion people involved, you know. I'd say you had a lot of wood. Uh, but uh, I knew that this angel was taking measurements for the billion soul harvest. And I watched it all day. Then... I saw a horde of worker angels come in, and then I saw the gathering angels come in. Those are the ones that come in during revival. They gather in the souls uh, like the winds from the four corners of the earth. So I was watching this, and then things started to shift up on me. Second um, Samuel seven eleven. the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Bob used to quote that all the time. And so uh, he actually was on earth for, uh, uh, in, in 1975. He came to earth for this purpose. In 1975, he died while he was prophesying. He died and went to heaven. And then Jesus met him, sent him back, and gave him a mandate to, uh, to prepare the earth. 
Because he said, would you go back for souls, is what Jesus said. And he said, I'll go back for one. He goes, I don't want you to go back for one. I want you to go back for a billion. And the Jesus, Jesus said to him, when the population of the earth reaches six billion, I'm going to do a move, and I'm going to bring a billion in. Well, now I think we're almost seven now, aren't we? We're overdue. This is due time. But Bob came back into his body, came back in 40 years of ministry as a prophet. That's all he talked about was the one billion soul harvest. And he prepared the church. And shockingly, he died before it happened. Shockingly to many of us who heard all the things and how accurate Bob was. He predicted a, he predicted a comet that came to earth 10 years to the day, signified an outpouring. Uh, Bob also back in the in the nineteen eighties, uh, he told Mike Bickle, uh, uh, who's a, uh, the guy uh, a guy in in uh, Kansas City, who has a prayer a prayer movement on the internet now. But he told Mike Bickle back in the eighties, before technology existed, and being a guy from Arkansas wearing a winter coat in the summertime because the season was going to change. He was a trippy prophet. He walked in with a, with a winter coat on in Kansas City in the summertime. Said it's going to snow. And sure enough, it did. A strange phenomena happened. But Bob uh, said to Mike Bickle, he says, I just saw a bunch of Chinese people in rice paddies watching you on handheld TVs. Which is happening right now because Mike Bickle uh, has a, uh, a 24-hour prayer meeting on the internet. And sure enough, Chinese, the big movement over in China with smartphones are tuning in and worshiping while they work. That's what Bob saw back in the 80s before the technology. I'm just saying you know, but if you met him, you'd think he was the janitor of the junior high. <laughs> very, very humble. And uh, anyway, uh, this year the Lord spoke to me that we have to understand. Now, I've been following Bob Jones' prophecies for a while because uh, in 2001, while living in San Mateo, uh, I was an out of work pastor. I had uh, been diagnosed with an incurable genetic disease that killed almost my whole family called Huntington's. I was uh, diagnosed with it. I was having early onset uh, symptoms, very early, of Huntington's. And um, I ended up getting healed at a Todd Bentley conference in 2001. And I've been going ever since. Yeah, seriously. And by the way, just two months ago, now here it is. I don't know, I can't do the math from now to 2001, but that's a long time. How much? 15 years, I have not even thought about Huntington's disease. Even though I've gone to a couple more of my funerals, and my sister has died, uh, my brother died. Uh, we've gotten, like, constant, constant. I have, I have the gene. And they keep telling me that I'm going to get this gene. And, you're, and based on my family and based on my CAG count, based on all that stuff, it was supposed to happen in my 40s. Well, I'm now 57. Yeah. I went to UCLA just uh, uh, 
um, few weeks, I think maybe a month ago or so, six weeks ago, I went to UCLA Center for Excellence. I've never been checked up, but my family wanted me to because loss of weight and a couple other things, you know, is the, the symptoms of Huntington's, and they wanted to make sure that I didn't have Huntington's. Uh, but I had Lyme disease and some other things. It was imitating that. And so I went there and got checked up, and, and two neurologists came in, and I totally passed with flying colors the neuro, neurology test, and they even said, we don't understand this, but we want to put you in a program to study what's going on with your with your life, because people have not been 57 years old. I told them about my faith, and I told them about everything. And so it's interesting. So it was the first time I was able to document that miracle. And I just got healed of Lyme disease. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Three years ago, I got a diagnosis of Lyme disease, uh, and I was very sick. And then just recently, they're trying to figure out what's still going on with me. Uh, and I just called it the devil, uh, and he's about to leave. Uh, he, there was an eviction notice, and he just didn't get it yet. Or he had a 90-day holdout. I'm not, I don't know what's going on. But they retook my, uh, my Lyme test last month, and I'm negative now. So I got healed of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But I do still have uh, some holdout things going on right now. Uh, and so uh, please be praying. I believe it's just going to break through very, very soon. And um, yes, thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Lord. You see, the presence just shifted for those who are, aren't uh, really clued in on that. Uh, but the present shifted just now. And the reason I tell stories is because when you tell stories, the stuff shows up. <laughs> the stuff in the stories show up. If you talk about angels, angels show up. They love it. If you talk about uh, supernatural encounters that starts to happen, you talk about open heavens that happens. You know how you can prove this? If you talk about negative things, it'll close the heavens and you will not have, a, have an, an encounter. What you sow is what you reap. And um, that is, is a powerful principle. So people are sowing, grumbling, complaining all the time. They can't figure out why they get bad customer service. They can't figure out why they can't hear the Lord. You ever get in a car with someone who's grumbling and complaining all the time? Wow. But all you have to do, that's why they said flip it and flip it good. If you know my message, the Lord spoke to me a number of years ago. You can take the negative and flip it to the positive with the Lord because he is positive. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about whatever is uh, lovely, whatever is true, whatever is, you know, the verse. Think about these things. And I'm not talking about positive thinking either. I'm talking about uh, positively thinking about God and getting out of the negative. We are steeped in negativity right now. There's a new movement going on on the earth right now of negativity. Do not come into agreement with it. If you're in there, get out now. Get out. Right? Not out of the building. Get out of the negativity. Because there's a spiritual principle that says where two agree together, it will be done, Jesus said. That goes for the positive and the negative. You're agreeing with negativity. You're agreeing with Satan. If you're accusing other people and all these accusations that's going on, that's one of the names of Satan, the accuser of the brethren. 
And there's a movement of Satan going on right now trying to get everybody so negative. God wants to use the internet for the next revival. But I don't know if you've looked lately. But uh, Christianity and the internet isn't a safe place. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do a, um, I'm going to try to flip that. I want to train you on how to flip that and flip it good. And I'm going to do a webinar next month. Yeah, in January. I'm going to do a webinar called Bringing Revival on the Internet. A worldwide revival, a worldwide web, uh, webcast. Uh, but I'm going to do uh, some internet training on how to take it back. We need to take it back. We need to take the internet back. It doesn't belong to negativity. It doesn't belong to trolls. It doesn't belong to pornography. It does not belong to the child uh, stuff that's going on. It belongs to the Lord. And he anointed, uh, he actually, his anointing, I, I saw this in the spirit. He anointed Bill Gates. He anointed Steve Jobs. He anointed the people who helped develop computers and the internet to bring something that they didn't know that they were doing. And God wants to take it back now. Come on, let's do it. We're not going to, don't fall into negativity. Don't, it's just not going to be good right now. And, and there's some good things that God wants to release. All right, um, let me just uh, fast forward to you right now. Is this year, every year at, the, at Rosh Hashanah, and that's the Jewish New Year, uh, there's usually, that's the time of the year that the Lord looks over your books. He look, that's not your, your checkbook, uh, but that's the time of the year that the Lord reviews our life. Now, you can even look it up on Wikipedia. Really, go on to um, the book, uh, I think it's called uh, The Books of, of Life, or the, yeah, The Book of Life in, on Wikipedia, and Russia, you know, you can look there, and, and it's right on there about the Jew, what the Jewish people believe about every year at the Jewish New Year, which this year was in October, uh, uh, September, it was in September, and um, they, that God examines our lives once a year. To see if we're ready for promotion as individuals. This year was a special time. He was examining our lives to see if we were ready as individuals and as a church, as groups, as cities, as nations. And this year, I start having encounters, by the way, uh, that were uh, this, this particular year, that have been uh, deeper than anything I've ever encountered. Previously, I was a courtroom reporter. That's what I always called myself. For, since 2007, all I would do is get up every day. I'd journal for an hour or two what I hear the Lord saying. And I would get up and report what I would hear. That's it. That, all, that was so easy. You know, I'd hear it. Hey, report. Hey, you know, God's saying this, you know. And this is the season that's going on. I was a courtroom reporter, a court of heaven reporter. Something shifted this year. And suddenly, I started getting invited into the courts of heaven into council meetings. I'm not trying to boast or anything. It's the most intense time. I was trying to explain what Brent was talking about, most intense time I've ever had because with all the heaven came way more hell than I wanted to deal with. And um, anyway, I saw, I saw this year that the courts of heaven that was reviewing our files, our books, there are books over each one of us, I don't have time to unpack it. I have a workshop on it that I've done, uh, Encountering Heaven. 
to understand it more. You can get it on my website. Uh, but um, to understand the courts of heaven, this year, the highest supreme level court in heaven reviewed you, all of us, this year in September. It started early. Mine came in August. I happened to see it, but he started early. But it was called the Daniel 7 Ancient of Days Court of Heaven. If you read the Daniel 7 Ancient of Days, that's pretty intense. It talks about the Ancient of Days, which is the Lord, the Father. He sits down and court was in session. It was intense. This year, that level uh, came to all of us because the Lord was looking for people to be part of this next move, this next revival. That's why I know it's here. I do know it's here. I've been prophesying it for a while, and that's why I'm, I'm convinced that God's moving. And he didn't come to judge us in the way that people think, and this is all false stuff that God's judging us in a bad way. He's still a God of love. I know. I I interact in the courts of heaven all the time. He's still a God of love. I'm still a positive prophet. Now, can he judge the other way? Yes, he can. But you know what? People are, there's so many people today who are picking up on negativity and thinking it's the Lord. And instead, it's the enemy trying to get people negative. And it's just that they, they hear something, but then it comes through their filter. Filter of negativity. Comes to the filter. I'm saying that God is doing something new right now. And so this year was an intense time. And the promotions were like, uh, anyway, I don't want to go into all that. Uh, but on September 22nd, right during that time of Rosh Hashanah, I was awakened at 2.30 a.m., and I, hear, uh, I heard the Lord say, uh, it was probably an angel, said, Doug, get up. Uh, there's, some, uh, there's a meeting in heaven going on you want to hear about. And I got up, and it went on for a long time, a meeting in heaven. And I kept hearing Bob Jones' voice. I heard other people's voices. And it was a closed door. I wasn't allowed in. Then they came out. I could hear the door open. And there was interactions going on. And Bob Jones, one billion soul harvest prophecy, his whole calling was being reviewed in heaven on September 22nd. Many people have forgotten about the the billion soul harvest, maybe, because Bob died a couple years ago. But the Lord is not. That's why it's suddenly surfacing again. You heard Jake and some others talking about it. It's surfacing again. That God is going to do this. The, 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 the one billion soul harvest is, uh, is going to be the biggest revival we've ever seen. But like the Jesus people movement that happened in the 70s, 1970, 1971, it happened outside the church. It did. Oh, yes, it did. And it wasn't what the church expected. The church was praying for a revival and it showed up with B.O. patchouli oil. Smoking dope. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to get stoned. We prayed over it. It was very messy. I know my brother was a Haight Ashbury hippie, and uh, there was he came to San Francisco, and I actually came to Jesus for the first time when I was twelve in the Jesus People movement. I wasn't a hippie; my brother was, but God was moving at that time, and a hippie named Lonnie Frisbee. 
was in San Francisco. And Lonnie Frisbee was 16 years old. Uh, He was a very anointed, extremely anointed. And he was credited to start the Jesus People Movement, which was a was one of the, it was probably the last known revival we've had, actual revival, not just move of God, but a revival in, in North America. And it impacted the entire world. But it started in San Francisco, then it moved to L.A. in Southern California, then it went to the world. It was interesting that that happened. And what happened, though, is Lonnie Frisbee got wrote out of the history books. No one knew about him. They changed his name, called him the guy. Because he struggled with his sexuality. And see, people don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to deal with the fact that God could have grace on someone. And still anoint them that would be struggling with things. And the church wants to clean it up so much it's not real anymore. But it was that rawness that God used this man. And then, you see, on Christmas morning I had a visitation... And the Lord said, I'm going to do it again. He says, John, the Lord said, read John chapter 8 with the woman at the well caught, uh, not the woman at the well, but the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And he started giving me understanding into it. And if you look at it, they, they go to trick Jesus. They bring this woman who was caught in adultery. The Mosaic law, Leviticus, said she should be put to death. Jesus instead waits for a minute and says, let that person without sin cast the first stone. Wow. I don't know about you, but if Jesus said that today about people we're judging, because the measure you use to judge, he says in another place, Luke chapter 6, the measure you use to judge will be used back on you. That's why the church is ineffective right now because we're judging people. We're judging the gay and lesbians. We're judging people in different lifestyles. We're judging liberals. We're judging the people who do abortions. We're judging all these people who need Jesus when we ourselves have stuff in us. And if we have stuff in us, then what we judge back comes on us. And thus making us ineffective. And so the Lord showed me this on Christmas morning. Last week, he says, look at that. Jesus broke the law. Because people say to me all the time, as an outreach guy, I get away with a lot being an evangelist. Yeah, he's an evangelist. <laughs> I can go into places. And so that's why when I was uh, doing tattoo interpretation, dream interpretation, and I was giving prophetic words out in, in the craziest places. I was invited into LGBT churches just recently. I thought it was lunch. You know, lettuce, guacamole, guacamole bacon, and tomato. And uh, I was just at a church called IHOP, so I was all mixed up. Like I said, I'm an evangelist. I don't operate inside the church. I, I don't quite understand the church. No, anyway. Uh, but God begin to God is moving right now in these places, but we have to be careful that we're not judging in the wrong way. We become ineffective. Now, this is a messy subject, guys. 
But it doesn't have to be. If you look at it, the Lord showed me, he says, look at what he did, what Jesus did with the woman, at the, uh, woman caught in adultery. Jesus broke the law. Now, I've been doing that for a while because Leviticus 19, uh, 1928, 1926-28 talks about not having a tattoo. Do not have a tattoo, right? And so I've been breaking the law. I don't have a tattoo, but I've been loving people with tattoos. A billion people have tattoos. What people don't realize who are using this and, and rejecting people who have tattoos is that Leviticus 7.11 says don't eat pork. Do we really have bacon eaters judging people <laughs> with tattoos using Leviticus? See, if you're going to judge someone on something, don't use Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus is going to come back on you. If you're, wor- if you're wearing a shirt with two weaves of different clothing, <laughs> you're breaking the law. I'm just saying. Jesus broke the law to save a person. He was willing to. And he set her free. You know how he did it? Read it. He made all the accusing of voices go away first. Then she could discover the Father's love. We got to get rid of the accusation. Remember, I said that the accuser of the brethren was the name of Satan. And we've got to stop doing it as the church. We've got to stop accusing. Of course, it's easier for us as uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Or is it? You would think that I'm in L.A., you know. You would think we would be cutting edge in the church. But quite often we get into dark places and the church pulls in and gets freaked out. But one thing I like about the Bay Area is that there is love. There's love and acceptance in the Bay Area. And so uh, it's been easy for me. We started in Light Connection uh, in San Francisco, actually. I went down and registered uh, our, our nonprofit in 2001 in the Bay Area. And, um, and so I've been around this for a long, long time. It doesn't freak me out. But then something shifted in 2010. I got invited into some meetings that were a little bit different. I got invited into some LGBT churches. They asked me to come in because they'd been reading my words on Elijah list. Now I thought, well, wait a minute. Time out a minute. How cool is that? Right? 2010, we have a, a group of gay and lesbian churches really into the prophetic. I hadn't really seen that before, but I figured if they're into the prophetic, the Holy Spirit might be close behind. <laughs> or maybe close inside. And I was stunned when I got there. I, when I got there and, and I was going to go in, and this is how I do it. As an evangelist, I just say, hey, I'm not your judge. It's easy. And I counsel people all the time through Facebook inbox. I counsel people all the time who, uh, who after hearing my message on this, like what I'm saying right now, they said, my, my daughter wants, is in, in this abomination this sin, and she wants to bring it into my house. And what do I do? And I said, don't lose your daughter, number one. Don't you ever lose your daughter. She wants me to go to her wedding. 
I don't want her to believe that I support her. Believe me, she already knows you don't support her. <laughs> that point was made a long time ago when she left the house and swore to never come back again. Right? I say to him, what would happen if you went to their uh, wedding or went to something that... They, you know, if they come to your house or something, you don't have to... It's another story. Uh, anyway, without going into this whole thing, what I'm saying is we need to be lovers of people, especially our family and our kids. We need to accept them and let God work in their life because let the person without sin cast the first stone. Do we really have a church that, that admits... 80% of his leadership struggle in certain areas on the internet. I'm not going to say. Starts with a P. <laughs> it's not prayer. <laughs> Do we really have a church who's struggling with that, judging people? That's why we're ineffective. Because the measure you judge, you will be judged. And when I uh, talk about this, like right now, there's a thick presence of the Lord's love in the room. Some people even feel sleepy at the moment. There's a thick presence of God's love in the room. And when I talk about this, and I have not, I'm not a liberal, I have not changed my theology. I have not, except this. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that love conquers all. Love covers over a multitude of sin. Love never fails. This is going to be the year, what is it, the 50th year anniversary of the summer of love. Right? 50th? 50th anniversary of the summer of love. I think the Lord wants to show back up. Now, this is a messy subject, but not really. It's easy to love. Just love people. And just say, I'm not your judge. You're going to freak out and wonder what you got you know, going. Especially you've been uh, pushing them out. They're going to freak out all of a sudden. But this is a time, this is a year uh, that we need to just come back out and love. We need to come out of the closet and love. I'll thank you. There's a row of people over there who have my message down. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the rest of you are like looking at me like a cow in front of a new gate. He did say there was a golden gate about to open. And it's just not that group of people. It's just not the LGBTs. It's the Democrats. It's the abortionists. It's the people you work with. It's people who need God. This is the, this is the year we're going to have a breakthrough on this. So uh, this is the... The um, Anyway, I don't know how I went there, except that the presence is so strong right now. The presence of God's 
love. Anyone feeling anything besides me? There's a presence, and, and I can feel the tingling on my hands. I can feel the atmosphere starting to shift right now. Yeah. And I tell you what's going to happen here is we can start shifting this atmosphere over us. It's going to shift the Bay Area. That is. It's going to shift your house. It's going to shift your finances. What would happen if we, they, people don't even recognize. I, I really want to write a book called, Would the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Because he's been portrayed as the wrong guy. Hmm, the ones on the right seems more liberal than the ones on the left. <laughs> so we say, yes, God, we just pray right now, Father, for you would just, just move on our hearts with the spirit of love. I pray, Father, whoo, I just recorded a message before I came uh, called Love Not Judge. I have never recorded this message, and uh, every time I talk about it, like right now, I'm not going to go into all the, the, um, all the verses about uh, Jesus saying about love and about what judgment does and what love does. But we're going to have to, it's, you know, we're going to have to really get into this. It's really easy. It's going to be the, oh, it's the atmosphere changer all the time. And the presence comes, and it opens things up. Wow, we say, yes, God, open it up, open the heavens right now. The reason I started with that, maybe you've heard me talk about it before. I don't talk about it a whole lot because I've been really, that's why I've been sick, is uh, I got real sick because the church started cursing me so bad. Whew, thank you, Lord. But bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. I pray for the president every single day. People are cursing themselves by not loving, by speaking against the president. They're cursing themselves and they don't realize it. So, Father, we repent right now. We're just going to clear the air. We repent. And I ask right now in the name of Jesus, watch this, watch this. Oh, my goodness. Father, we come before you and we ask, Lord, that you would reveal to us if there's anybody that we've judged, knowingly or unknowingly. Father, if we've judged a person, if we've judged a people group, if we've judged a political party, if we've, we've pushed away anyone that you wanted to bring into your kingdom. Father, we ask forgiveness right now. We ask that you would move upon that person. I pray, Father, for revelation of what to even say or do or a gift or a kindness that could happen. Now we ask, God, that you would shift. We ask forgiveness, Lord. If we've ever used our tongue as a weapon instead of a blessing in Jesus' name. Now, uh, this is going to be interesting. We needed to get that over with uh, to... Um, just to get into this next part, I think I'm just going to jump over here to a different part of this message while you're soaking in that.
I'm really not a liberal at all. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to change the, the atmosphere first. I wanted to shift it a little bit so that this would go in. I used to do that with comedy. Comedy would change the atmosphere. Now I'm walking deeper in something that, that we could actually change the atmosphere in different ways. Wow. November, tw uh, November 2011. I released a prophetic word over the Golden Gate. If you remember this, but I forgot. I released so many prophetic words. That's why I have them in a book now. Because I have so many prophetic words through the, you know, I do the daily, weekly, the monthly. And they're made up of so many prophetic words that I have to journal every day and use cross-reference tags to keep track of it all. I have over 20 journals in my journal. To, uh, to try to track all these things. So these days, I can't keep track of it. So what I do is I go out on the internet. I figured I must have said it somewhere if I'm looking for it. So I just Google Doug Addison, whatever the question is. I tell my staff to do that. They ask me, you ever release anything? Google my name and whatever it is. I'm Maybe. So I thought, well, I wonder what I released for San Francisco. So I Googled Doug Addis in San Francisco. Wow, I forgot all about this. I just read this in the hotel room today. November 2011, right on my blog and on Elijah list, right there, uh, a golden gate. God is opening a golden gate over San Francisco. I had a series of spiritual experiences and prophetic dreams that were centered around San Francisco and the West Coast that was going to start in San Francisco, and impact the entire world. A new move of God was coming on 11-11-11, for real. I was on my way here. I had a dream that the strong spiritual wind was blowing from Southern California up north. And in my dream, most of the people weren't even aware of a refreshment that was available to us. They were so distracted with the coming ele elections in 2012. Without warning, the wind suddenly shifted and began to blow from north to south. And the wind of the Spirit was now coming from San Francisco to Southern California and was going to impact the world. End of dream. And this change of wind direction is similar to how the last revival in the U.S. This I wrote this in uh, 2011 and it wasn't even... The guys today were talking about this earlier. But the Jesus People Movement in 1971 came with Lonnie Frisbee, um, started in San Francisco and moved to Southern California and went to the world. I've been having a lot of dreams that something's going to happen on the West Coast and in San Francisco has a lot to do with it. November 17th, this is right off my blog. November 17th, 2011, my wife Linda and I were ministering in the San Francisco Bay Area. We were coming here as one of the stops. We had several powerful experiences that I've ever had to date. Up till this date, I had never had anything like it. Many people have been watching and waiting for judgment on San Francisco at, the at that time. I remember it. There were some prophetic words that got released on the internet from some other ministries, prophetic ministries. Thank you very much. 
I woke up that morning deaf. I couldn't hear. I woke up in, uh, there was a morning I woke up and I, I, I was near deaf. It was so deafening in the spirit, I couldn't hear. And I looked on my email and sure enough, a major ministry, a major prophet released a judgment word against the West Coast. And against San Francisco. And everyone had come into agreement with it. I'm like, would you guys cut it out? I can't even hear. Some of them were praying Psalm 56, 7. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape in your anger, God. Bring the nations down. But God says he's indeed found some people who have been praying in San Francisco and the West Coast. These intercessors have been literally crying out and claiming Psalm 56, 8 and 9. Record my misery list and list my tears on your scroll. Can they not be a record? Then my enemies will turn back and they will call uh, when I call for help. And by this, they will know the Lord is with me. In other words, it was a battle of the Christians. And the sad part is, I've been in the courts of heaven. I've been there. In this, I was in the courtroom of heaven. And it was the courts of heaven. It was the busiest place because Christians were accusing Christians. And every time a Christian makes an accusation for anything, God has, by his mercy, by his just, he's a just God, he has to assign resources to it. He has to pay attention. So when you curse someone else, or you get mad at someone, or you judge someone, and especially if there's a Christian, there's something in heaven that happens. And then they get one too, and then we end up tapping off all the resources in heaven from judgment against each other. And there's no, nothing left for revival. I saw this in heaven. And an angel turned to me and says, we need to have the spirit of reconciliation and mediation. We need to stop accusing one another. Then in this, this is still in 2011 on my blog, November 17th. 2011, when I arrived for my first session in the Bay Area meetings, we went to a house of an intercessor. And there was a mist falling over the house on the outside. And when we got inside, there was a mist on the inside. Anyone was here that was part of that? It was pretty wild. But it was God's tears that was being shed over the Bay Area. And that night, I had an open vision at my hotel in Pleasanton. Of a man weeping over San Francisco. And an angel was standing in front of the man. Capturing his tears in a bottle. And when the angel touched the bottle. The tears turned to one drop of a liquid gold from heaven. Then the angel poured the liquid anointing gold onto San Francisco. And the surrounding Bay Area. There are people who have been crying out to God. And the Lord has heard your prayers. Why do you think we're still here? Why do you think the earthquake never came? Now, I pray almost every day, hold back the earthquake, God. Oh, Lord, I live in L.A. You kidding? Hold it back. See, when the prophets are moving or living in the, LA, in, uh, the West Coast, it's cool. When they leave, that's when you want to worry. That's why you want to follow us on Twitter.
And I think it's interesting, by the way, that some of the prophets, I'm not going to name them, I'm friends with them, uh, but some of the prophets who were, were prophesying these things, their sons and daughters have come out to the West Coast to join what we're doing. Because it was too much for the older generation to deal with. Everything seems evil to them. So God is moving in the generations right now. He's moving on the intercessors. We need to rise up. I was an intercessor living in San Mateo, California from 1988 to 1998. I literally cried over San Francisco almost every single day I got up at 5 a.m. When I worked my corporate job. When I had my own business. I cried and carried something that seemed impossible. I remember feeling so like an, like an ant in the midst of this. But something's happening now. What seemed hopeless, God is now doing something. And those who sowed in, in tears are not going to reap in songs of joy. That's what the Lord is saying. A golden gate is opening over San Francisco. I had several dreams. This is still from 2011, 2011. Several dreams of a big wave hitting San Francisco Bay Area. And one of them hit Candlestick Park, which was still there, by the way, at the time. And God said that as a result of this new move, San Francisco would become the candlestick of light to the world. Four days later, Monday night football on December 19th. Yes, it was seen everywhere. There was a, uh, the Transformers blue in Can Candlestick Park and the, the lights went out for 20 minutes. And then they went out again in the second quarter. The power surge of the old couldn't hold it. So God began to speak that it wasn't judgment. He was saying the old will not be able to handle this. Just like the, the older generation or whatever. I'm not talking about age because I'm, I don't know what I am. But uh, I'm old enough. And uh, I'm just saying the old wineskin, the old way of thinking, doesn't matter age. You can be 15 years old or 18 and still have an old wineskin thinking. The old wineskin thinking will not allow you to move in the new things. So God is indeed preparing a movement right now. And it was seen all over the world. It was seen over the world, this movement. An angel on September 28, 2011, I saw an angel positioned to dance over the Bay Area. And when the Lord spoke, the angel danced and it shook things open and finances in favor began to move. I saw uh, golden coins rolling down the streets of San Francisco. It filled the streets. And this is a release of kingdom finances that we will need to finance this new move of God. I remember traveling with Bob Jones. Every time he talked about the billion soul harvest, every time he'd say, we're going to need a lot of money because it's going to be done outside the church and the church does not like the people we're going to reach. I had in uh, 2007, Bob Jones called me on the phone for real. I know, I know he's, he was, anyway. When you say Bob Jones called you, it could have been a vision or whatever. But he called me on the phone and he had had a vision. This never got out to the world. He had a vision and an experience in heaven about the billion soul harvest. And he was finally given the invoice from heaven. 
the approval and the paid invoice to build the house, to start the revival. And he said, I took it in. This is me and Bob on the phone. He says, I took it in to the foreman of the lumber yard. And Bob's a seer, so he talks this way. And he said, I took it into the foreman of the lumber yard, demanded that I get the material. And the foreman said, no. We know who the house is for. No way. Bob said he, there was a hammer there, so he, he hit the hammer on the table and demanded in the name of Jesus. And by, the, by a heavenly decree that the material be given over for this revival. And the foreman walked away. Bob said, it's not going to happen. I go, was it a demon? He goes, no. If it was a demon, I'd have hit him with the hammer. <laughs> Taking notes. Hit demon with hammer. He said it was the leaders of the church. The church said no in 2007 because they wanted their own prodigals. They wanted pastor kids. They wanted the clean things, but they didn't want the outcasts. They didn't want the tattooed and pierced. They didn't want the, the zombie lovers, the ones who were into vampires. They didn't want the gay and lesbians. They didn't want the democratic, strange-looking people. And they said no. And I remember that, 2007. I was living in Moravian Falls. I knew Bob personally. And I watched, and seven years later, he died. And I watched as the twinkle in his eye left. And I watched as his health declined. And I watched him die before his time because the church said no. But now we're coming back around. And this year we're going to see something like you've never seen before. But guess what? We have to say yes this time. We have to say yes to this. That's why I opened with a messy story. Talking about reaching out to people that aren't like us. Or maybe they are, but maybe they're not like you or whatever. But loving people. I've been studying Bob Jones' prophecies for a long time. Because we started in Light Connection in 2001 after watching a Bob Jones video of him. After I got healed of Huntington's, I went up to Canada, Kelowna. Got a hold of a video of Bob Jones talking about all these things. Then we went around the Bay Area to people's homes and... Linda and I, every time we, pro we played this video, the presence came into the, into the room and we all, everyone would fall on the floor under the power. And we started in like connection to, to help fulfill that. I didn't even know Bob Jones. I didn't know anybody. Didn't. Didn't try to make this happen. And within a short period of time, within actually a few months, we sold everything. I heard the Lord say, sell everything. We were in our 40s, business owners, pastors. And we sold it all at a yard sale in San Mateo and moved into a, 
We sublet a, a, a little apartment in Burlingame for three months in 98, waiting on the Lord. We waited on the Lord. No, actually, it was 2001. I'm sorry, 2001. We waited on the Lord for three months, praying every day, watching the Bob Jones video, saying, God, oh God, God, do this thing. Don't pass us by. Within a few months, I don't know how it happened, I ended up getting a job with John Paul Jackson. Not a ministry job, I was his webmaster. I would teach myself cold fusion programming, it was not a fun time. I believe uh, all things are possible for those who believe. And that most of us can figure anything out if you're desperate enough. And I became his webmaster and we moved to North Carolina, uh, New, New Hampshire. And we ended up, I ended up uh, beginning to teach and to do things. But most of the time I was literally uh, carrying suitcases and setting up video equipment and doing things. Cleaning toilets, literally, and, and it was humbling job. But I went within a few months, we went to uh, Salt Lake City, and, and it was a conference with John Paul and Bob Jones. And in the green room, I got to meet Bob Jones and tell him about the experience. And I found out later, I was also at a dream that, about doing something and fulfilling something with John Paul Jackson. And he had had the same dream the same night and was waiting to meet me. And Bob told me things similar. Not about me. I'm just not about me. I'm just saying someone that said yes. Do you know how many people said no? To even stepping up to do this? Because it's intense. People hate you. If you start loving people. My goodness, what's going to happen? <laughs> I've been scolded so many times, told when I'm getting up to, to talk, don't talk about that stuff. My goodness, what if they go out and do it? <laughs> Our church is going to be a mess. I go, uh, yeah. <laughs> As a pastor, I always said, you know what? I would rather be put, uh, I'd rather be cleaning up a mess than to be picking up bulletins after a service. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be cleaning up a mess. Which we did. We had to clean up messes with the people we were dragging in. God is doing something right now. I just want to release this prophecy. What happened. For, it's in my 2017 prophetic forecast. Which I can't give away because you've got to buy it online. You've got to go to my website. DougAddison.com But it's in here. The three prophecies of Bob Jones that you have to understand for 2017. The billion soul harvest, the glory train, and the net. And I've been studying these. I'm living them. Even a council meeting in heaven with Bob's, uh, over Bob on September 22nd, where his, uh, his billion soul harvest was split up and into assignments to people. And his, his wife, Bonnie, I called her to tell her, his wife, Bonnie, got an assignment to go impart angels to people to bring it about. Gary Beaton, the guy who, uh, who cared for Bob on his deathbed, 
cared for him, was his caretaker, caregiver. And uh, Gary, I saw Gary with an old general's uniform on going and giving plans. I saw people getting not his mantle, but assignments. On September 22nd, it started to happen. Then I heard the Lord say, right around uh, just uh, about a month and a half ago, he says, look out, the glory train is coming. And the glory train is a prophecy Bob saw that he thought was going to happen. He got it in 2009. And the glory has to come back to the church before we can do this. And Bob saw in 1977, he saw the glory of God that was here on the church for the Jesus People Movement that happened in 71, 72. It lifted five years later in 1977. And it's never returned. You'll see the glory of God on one or two people. You'll see the glory of God on, you know, I call them the, the golden glory people. Patricia King carries the glory. My good friend David Herzog carries the glory. Joshua Mills carries the glory. Gold dust comes in the room. That ain't no kidding. That's the real deal. Did you know that used to be a norm? That glory used to be a normal thing upon the entire church that was open to it. There was, of course, there was part of the church that wasn't open to the prophetic and, the, and that stuff. And it lifted in 1977. Bob saw it lift. And it's supposed to come back. But guess what? March 17th, 2017 is now a, is a 40-year anniversary of the glory. Is it the 40? Is it, or 50? 40, yeah. It's a 40-year anniversary. I called Bonnie up just about six weeks ago. Says, Bonnie, I just got a word from the Lord. The glory train's coming back. But I looked out on the internet and Bob thought it was going to be 2012. What are you getting? And before I could say anything, she said, March. I said, that's what I'm getting. The glory of God's coming back because we've got to get the glory back before we can have revival. God's doing something new right now. How about you? Do you want it? Now. This makes it a little bit different. This makes it a lot of fun when God's glory comes. It's already here. The glory's here. I feel the glory on, on myself right now at the moment. Uh, I know it's not, I'm going to do a glory selfie up here. Hey, it's the anointing coming. How many people want that? So, Father, go ahead and stand up. Let's stand up. Father, we just say right now. Because the heavens opened a few minutes ago. We repented. The heavens opened. Now, Father, we ask that you would pour down your glory. We ask, God, that you would pour down everything that's needed to move into the new year. We, th we pray for the financial shift over people. I hear the Lord saying right now, oh, you need a financial miracle? He goes, watch this. It's easy. It's easy. Well... You're about to step in. It's my right foot just got really uh, anointed and on fire. I know that we're about to step into things. Step into things. Where there's been curses happening over your life, there's about to be blessings shift right now. <sighs> there's strategies in the room. Whether you feel it or not. Uh, when Brent 
picked me up this morning. I knew it was his birthday. And I said, did you, did you feel anything or get anything, a visitation from God? And he said, no, but, but the Lord, I felt good with the Lord this morning. And I said, well, what you might not realize is that was an angel delivering a book of instruction to you. See, you don't know, you don't, you don't have to see the angel. You don't have to know it's an angel. All he felt was good. Those are this, that's what's going on right now. The Lord told me to talk about this stuff in a way that we, people won't understand it. I saw a, a blue angel right over this area over here. Uh, revelation falling. Right now, there's, the lights are starting to increase in the room. The angelic lights are increasing right now. The presence of God is increasing right now. And it's, and it's revelation and strategy, wisdom, understanding. The seven spirits of God, my goodness. Wisdom and understanding. The spirit of the Lord. Wisdom and understanding. Power and might. And the fear of the Lord. We're about to enter into his rest. That's why I don't have to labor anymore. I've, been, I've entered into his rest this year. It doesn't mean you take the day off. It means that you have him do things. When I get, I hear curses all the time. I used to get up and battle them. I had kung fu tongues. I, I, I hear curses. I hear curses all the time. I hear stuff. So now, what I do now, I guess right when the curse comes in, I go, off you go to heaven. You deal with it. I'm going to enter into your rest. Someone curses you on the internet, off you go to heaven. Instead of trying to make them go to, off you go to heaven. So, Father, I pray you'd release the strategies from heaven. Release the anointing from heaven. Release the glory from heaven right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, my goodness, there's so much going on in the room right now. Uh, there's manifestations happening on people's bodies. Wow, to think this all started with a little talk about the LGBT church. Which, by the way, that group that invited me in 2010, they're still on fire. They are so on fire. They're planting churches. They're actually getting people out of the gay sex trade. And God says, I look at their heart. I'm looking at their heart. He said, look at their heart and worry about other things later. These guys are not militant. They're Jesus lovers. They're not the Romans one God haters. 
There are some of them, but not at the, there's these pockets of churches that are liberal churches. Um, yeah, wow. the whole um, what really blew my uh, blew my mind about the elections is that several months actually probably I don't know several months ago eight nine months ago Hillary Clinton was in a dream came to me in a dream and said please pray for me and I was like with with what the elections she says no. She burst into tears. She said, pray for me as a sister in the Lord. And God said to me, I'm moving in her life. And I had it, my, me and my ministry had a prayer assignment over Hillary Clinton. And I'm just saying, there's stuff God wants to do, but it's out too far outside of some people's brains to be able to handle. So they start cursing. And then the Lord told me as well what he was doing in Trump's life. And I pray for Trump every day. I pray for wisdom. I pray for people to surround him. In Jesus' name. Yes, God. We say yes, God. Because some people are looking at at, at this whole political thing. Don't look at it. Look at the Lord. Don't look at, that stuff's called, a, it's going to get you off, off track right now. Pray every day. I do. I pray every day for him. Pray for President Obama. Pray and go, oh God, don't let World War III happen before he leaves. <laughs> We're going to have a revival in Hollywood. Excuse me. It is going to be in Hollywood, by the way. Um, oh, Christmas morning. The Lord visited me on Christmas morning. I haven't unpacked it fully yet. I can't even tell you all the things. This year, last week. And I started getting all kinds of stuff that I haven't even been able to unpack. But he did tell me this. He said, I'm going to visit you every day for six days. And on the seventh day, there's going to be a shift come in the spiritual world. And I know that if it happens to me, it's everybody. Because that's the kind of prophet I am. I didn't even realize that six days, the seventh day, it was the same as Hanukkah. It was the lighting of the menorah and the candles. I didn't even realize it lined right up. So I'm, I've been visited for six days, for the, every day since Christmas. I've been visited. I was visited today. Not the Lord didn't walk in the room or anything. He doesn't do that with me because I'd fall out like a dead man, like everybody else in the Bible. And he can't talk to you. That's why those who are waiting for Jesus to come in is going to be waiting a long time. You want to be satisfied with the presence that comes. And he's been speaking to me every day for six days. Tomorrow's the seventh day. That's why I'm flying home to L.A. tomorrow. I didn't know this, that I was going to fly home. I cut my trip early. But I'm going to fly home because tomorrow, he says, I want you to be home to speak something over L.A. and Hollywood. Tomorrow, God wants, he's going to give you something to speak over your life. Watch for it tomorrow. I haven't been able to release this word yet. So you're getting this. Tomorrow, God's going to give you something to speak over your life. He's going to give you a new power, a new authority, a new anointing is going to come on you tomorrow. To speak over your lives, over our finances, over our health, over our families. 
over favor that was stolen. Over these things. So, Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name. Let it come right now. Here it comes. All over the room right now. Wow. All over the room. As we wake up tomorrow and tonight, Father, as we celebrate the end of 2016 and the expectation, and this is what the Lord told me. He said, as you're going into the new year, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at things the way we normally see, you're going to be very discouraged. But if you get eyes to see, if you get the lenses of something new, it's going to be the best year ever. So, Father, we pray for that. We just put your hand up on your eyes if you can do that. Don't put your hand in your eyes because you might have shook hands with someone with a cold. But now we're going to have to pray for healing for you. I'm kidding you. You're going to poke your eye out, boy. Father, we pray right now for the uh, calluses to fall off our eyes. Anything where we have, um, we have not been able to see in the Spirit now. I'm a seer. Seers do more than see. Seers speak, feel, hear, know all at the same time. And so I speak right now to you to see. And now our ears, Father, open our ears, ears to hear, ears to hear your spirit. Close them off to the demonic realm. Close them off to the negativity. And Father, I pray for our tongues that if our tongue is cursed as knowingly or unknowingly, we ask forgiveness. And I ask for every sense of our body, every sense beyond the six senses, the spiritual scent, the sense, the smell, our discernment, it's going to heighten right now. Our dreams and visions. I'm going to activate it in the room right now. I do way better doing this kind of ministry now. Group ministry. It's going to really happen. Your dreams, you're going to a new level. And all those angels that, were, that are in the room, they're, they're still here, are being assigned to people. They're being assigned as a sign to you, that God's with you. And the presence is very strong. My goodness. I miss renewal. It was the only time as a minister, a speaker, I could come in, laugh my guts out, and get a check. (laughs) 
It was the last known movement, 1994, the Toronto Blessing. And we're supposed to have another one in, in 2006, the gold and the glory, but it got off track. 2005, sorry. 2005. Every, the, the moves of God have come every 11 years. And we missed one because the people, Christians, judged that glory. The gemstone showing up. The gold that started. And Christians judged it. And it went away. That was in 2005. Before that, 94 minus 11. 1983 was the third wave charismatic movement. 1972 was the height of the Jesus people. 61 was the charismatic uh, renewal. Uh, and um, 1950, 11 years, 11 years, 1950 was the healing revival. We were supposed to have one in 2005. It started. That's why some of those golden glory people that we know, that I named some names already, they started in 2005. It came on them then. They were the ones who believed it. And God wanted to leave a remnant to say it still is. It's still there. I was in a uh, meeting just uh, in September with, with Joshua Mills and David Herzog. And the glory was so thick, you could literally stick your hand up in it. And it would like come down in gobs. I am not kidding. And you could literally, it was so thick. Because God, and they even noticed. And this is how I started hanging out with Herzog again because I sent him a word that he's about to step into something new and he hadn't seen it since about years and years ago. He had not seen red gold dust. And he went to a meeting and it was uh, in, in uh, San Mateo. Uh, where do you live? Santa Maria. The healing rooms. He went to the healing rooms and it was red gold dust. And something's going on right now. Right now. 2005 was the last move plus 11. Is? 2016. God began to move, but the, the elections. What a terrible time, God, is to try to do a move on the election year. That's why it's delayed another year, because there was too much negativity. I'm a I'm a uh, advisor, a prophetic advisor at Hollywood, and someone a producer called me and was going to release a movie in November. I go, "What are you crazy? At the elections? Wait till next year. Everything's negative at the elections. That's why it's time to break it. How are you going to break it? Flip it." So, Father, we do that right now. We just come before you now, Lord. I'm just letting you soak more in this. Soaking in it. Soaking, Father. Soak. Wow. So, I call now, right now. Yeah, right. I call now, right now. Now is right now. In case you don't know, you need a times and seasons guy. Come in and tell you it's now.
when? Right now. <laughs> right now. I declare right now. You ready to receive? Here's your gifts. Heavenly encounters. Open heaven. Courtroom experiences. Prophetic dreams. Open visions. Supernatural encounters. Angelic visitation. Supernatural finances. Strategies from heaven. Encounters with people who need God's love. I was one of the forerunners of, oh, that was all the stuff I imparted that I carry. But I was one of the forerunners of prophetic evangelism and it kind of um, it shifted on me, but it's coming back. It's coming back in 2017. And it's coming back with power, prophetic evangelism, using prophecy, dreams, words from the Lord. So, Father, we impart that as well. Oh, yeah. Father, thank you for your goodness. Yeah, I felt like the plane's ready to land now. I've been waiting for it to land. dry bones receive the breath of the Lord that's another thing happening tomorrow God's going to begin to dry uh, blow on the dry bones Ezekiel 37 I know that's kind of an overused prophecy but that's what's going to happen things you forgot about all right, yeah. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. We want to declare Happy New Year. Ready? Happy New Year. Please don't um, just, let me, <laughs> we use judgment word a lot tonight, but please don't judge what you think happened tonight. Some, some very deep things were happening tonight, far beyond what we can understand. Uh, my wife and I were just ruined here tonight. I don't, something very, very different uh, was what, very sobering, very, um, but it's good. It's good sobering. It's, it's because we've been given this invitation by the Lord to, to love. This is all about love. This is a revival of love. This is a revival of love. And, and um, so when Doug invited us to repent and he, 
and he modeled it by getting on his knees. Just understand, um, repentance is actually a gift, and it's a doorway. It doesn't seem like it because of the ways we've been taught in the past. It's actually a gift. And I'm saying just, I'm saying even, I'm saying this, Doug didn't say this, I'm saying over the next few days, expect your heart um, to be touched by God. He's going to start showing you ways out of his love, ways that, that we've still judged. And, and one of the things I heard him saying is, what, what part of go out to the highways and byways and compel them to come in do we not understand? And that, again, this is not a negative word. This is positive. It's just he's opening up our eyes to see his heart has never changed. It's always been about going out and getting them and not bringing them into a church. Many of them won't come to a church. It's bringing them into the Father's heart. There's a Father who loves you. And see, we can't do that when we still have, you know, things in our heart that need to go. All I'm saying is please just keep your heart wide open because more is coming. Don't be surprised in the next few days if he starts showing you things. Lord, who am I still judging? That's, it's just got to go. But invite him to do it. This isn't about you doing it to yourself. This is about him doing it. So, Doug, I bless you. I bless, I bless your ministry. I bless who you are, what you carry. Doug, for all the... For all the hits you've taken for us as the body of Christ, I honor you, and I thank you, and I bless you. And and Doug, I love you, and we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.